You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Paul explained that Jesus fulfilled each of those prophecies. See, the word reason, everybody say it out loud, reason. The, the word reason, he reasoned with them from the scriptures. The word reason means created an aha moment. Everybody said a what? Ah. Oh. It's like the flip. It's flipping the light switch on. Paul gave them all an aha moment where they saw it. It was like the light bulb went on. One of Paul's most important challenges was to bring the truth of the gospel to the Jewish people first, and then the Gentiles. Paul visited many synagogues in his lifetime, and there was no better feeling than the realization that Jesus was truly the Messiah that the Jewish people were constantly praying for. Pastor Dion calls it the aha moment for the Jewish people when Paul revealed the Old Testament prophecies come to fruition in the life of Jesus. Today, how is God giving you that aha moment with him? Well, let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Acts, chapter 17, as he continues his message, God's Word, a Sword. Pastors or teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and grow them to a place of strength and maturity until we all become full-grown in the Lord to the point of being just like Jesus. Isn't that awesome? So there was a church there, but every church needs a pastor. And Paul wasn't about to leave these new believers, this church in Philippi, without a pastor. So Paul had Luke stay behind to pastor the Philippians. We know this because Luke is the author of this, of this book, the book of Acts, and Luke changes his personal pronouns in the narrative from we and us to they and them now. So up to this point, we've watched Luke say, and we and us, we were doing this. But now the narrative's going to change. It's they and them. Because Paul and Silas and Timothy are going to continue. Luke is going to stay back and take care of the church. Isn't that awesome, guys? Look at your neighbor and say, we need a pastor. Look at your neighbor and say, we need a pastor. In fact, let's read it. Chapter 17 and verse 1. Now when they had passed, and you notice they, everybody said what? They, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. So here's what happens. In Philippi, Paul and Silas are ordered to leave. Leave the city. They make one last stop at Lydia's house, and there's the people, the church. But he says, I can't leave them, this them over. They still need to grow, so I'm going to leave them with a pastor. Luke, you stay behind. And Paul, Silas, and Timothy, they go on. Now, think about it. After a bloody beating and a sleepless night, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, 
say goodbye to Philippi. Everybody said, they said what? Goodbye. In fact, let's wave. Let's wave at Philippi. Goodbye, Philippi. They wave to Philippi. And they had full throttle on foot, covering over a hundred miles in three days to the next major city called Thessalonica. Over a hundred miles on foot in three days. Everybody say full throttle. Or as Albert said, vale gas, right? So that's what they did. We might say, calmate, Paul. I mean, what's your rush, bro? The city isn't going anywhere. That's what we might think or say. But Paul would remind you that we only have one life to do God's work. And we're racing against the clock. I'm going to say it again. Paul would remind us that we have only one life to do God's work. And we're racing the clock. You see, Paul had a sense of urgency, just like Jesus. Everybody say the word urgency. Urgency. Paul had an urgency just like Jesus. In fact, John chapter 9 and verse 4 quotes Jesus telling us this. Here's what he said. Get your butt in gear. Oh, wait a minute. That's not, that's not quite what he said. But it's pretty close. Here's John chapter 9 and verse 4. Here's what Jesus said. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. I'm going to read it again. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. The night is coming is talking about judgment. You see, every minute someone dies without Christ and will face eternal judgment. So Jesus was saying, we gotta get busy. Nudge your neighbor and tell him, we gotta get busy. Listen, we might be the only chance that some people have to hear about Jesus and salvation. So let's not be like the people in the lifeboats of the Titanic. They had plenty of room and time to save others, but they didn't engage. They didn't reach out. People around us are about to drown. Not in water, but fiery judgment. Let's rescue them while we can. In fact, I love the way Jude encouraged us in Jude verse 22 and verse 23. He said, show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Read this out loud with me. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Wow. Well, Paul rode his lifeboat fast and furious into Thessalonica. Now we know what is the motivation for him to cross, you know, over a hundred miles in three days. He is Pedal to the metal, he is rowing his lifeboat fast and furious into Thessalonica, which is a huge city with over 80,000 people drowning in sin and in death and in need of a rescue. Paul's first stop, it tells us, was the synagogue. See, Paul's rule was to preach to the Jews first and then to the Gentiles. 
So he rode fast and furious into Thessalonica, this huge city, and the first stop he makes is at the synagogue to preach Christ to them. Let's read it, verse 2 of chapter 17. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the Scriptures. What did he do, guys? Reason with them from the Scriptures. Explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and a great multitude of devout Greeks, and not a few of them, the leading women, joined Paul and Silas. And that's a good place to give an applause, because it's awesome. He rose in there, goes to the synagogue, and it says Paul spent three days teaching from the Scriptures. Paul, what he did is he took out their Old Testament scrolls, and systematically aligned all of the prophecies of the Messiah with Jesus. He basically said, hey, listen, let's take out the Scriptures and let's find out the prophecies about the Messiah. Which tribe was the Messiah supposed to come from? Somebody? The tribe of Judah. Everybody said, what? The tribe? That's what the prophecies say. What tribe was Jesus from? All right, so then the next question Paul said, okay, so then here's the next thing. Where would Jesus be born? Or, excuse me, where would the Messiah be born, right? That's what the Scripture says. Where, I'm telling you, Jesus was born in? Oh, okay. Then he said, all right, so the Scriptures say that the Messiah would grow up in a place called Nazareth. You know where Jesus grew up? There's a lot of things you can control, but you can't control what tribe you're being born from. You can't control where you're going to be born, and you can't control where you're going to grow up. Huh? So then the next question was, he says, and, and, and here's the next thing. What miracles does the Scripture say that the Messiah would perform? Well, they said um, he's going to uh, give sight to the blind. He's going to heal lepers. He's going to um, make paralytics walk. He's going to uh, raise the dead. He's going to feed the multitudes like Moses did. Uh, the scriptures all say that. Guess what? Jesus did all of those things. All right, so then he goes on and he says, and how does the scripture or the prophecy say that Jesus is supposed to die? Well, they read Psalm 22. They read Isaiah 53. They found out that it was through crucifixion. Everybody said, and guess what? Jesus died by the way of... Isn't that cool? Then Paul said, and what do the scriptures say about the fact that that where he would be buried? The scriptures talk about that too. They said, well, the the Messiah is going to be buried in a rich man's grave, in a rich man's tomb. Guess what? Jesus was buried in a rich man's tomb. Then he asked them, and what does the scripture say about the Messiah's resurrecting from the dead? Well, he said that it will be like the days of Jonah, as Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days and three nights, so Jesus will be in the heart. He will resurrect on the, everybody said, or the Messiah will. And then Paul said, and guess what? Jesus Christ resurrected on the third. 
Wait a minute. And then what do the prophecies say is going to happen afterwards? That God is going to call him upward, that he is going to ascend and be given the scepter of righteousness and the scepter of the kingdom, and he would be called God. And you want to know what? Over 500 people saw resurrected Jesus resurrect, ascend all the way to the Father. And listen, and later on, when a guy by the name of Stephen was stoned, right before he was stoned, he said, I see the heavens open, and I see the Son of God standing at the right hand of the Father, exactly like the prophecy said. Is that pretty cool or what? Paul explained that Jesus fulfilled each of those prophecies. See, the word reasoned, everybody say it out loud, reasoned. The the word reasoned, he reasoned with them from the scriptures. The word reasoned means created an aha moment. Everybody say it, what? It's like the flip, it's flipping the light switch on. Paul gave them all an aha moment where they saw it. It was like the light bulb went on. It's like it was made crystal clear. Paul's message, it said, persuaded a lot of the people to believe in Jesus and join Paul and Silas in being followers of Jesus. Isn't that awesome? That kind of teaching. And it was just like, wow, wow. If that's the truth, that we believe in Jesus Christ and we'll follow him. These new Thessalonian new believers did a 180, everybody said a what? A 180, they turned around from their old sinful life to a new life in Jesus Christ, to be like Christ. So not only did they believe, but they're believing, and that's what belief does, it moves us to action, to change, to repentance, to turn around. And look at your neighbor and say, turn around. Alright? And that's what they did. These Thessalonian believers, they believed as they heard Paul's message and they turned around from the old sinful life to a new Christ-like life. Just like Jesus had told the forgiven adulteress to do, He told her, go and sin no more. Or make a clean break from sin. The Thessalonian believers acted on this, and it became their change, their turnaround became the talk of the town. In fact, here's what it says about them in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 8. And now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere even beyond Macedonia or Greece and Achaia. For wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. We didn't need to tell them about it, for they keep talking about how you turned away from idols to serve the living God. It's awesome. So a lot of these people believed, as Paul was preaching, and broke away from their old life. But others refused and rejected the message. Yeah, I heard somebody say, oh man, go ahead. Say, oh man. Some of them rejected and refused the message. In fact, they became angry and resentful that some from among them became believers. You know, when Paul starts laying out all of this reason with them from the scriptures, and many believed, others were upset. 
How, why, why are you, but you're, you're going to believe it? You're going to turn your life around? And, and after they did, they were upset. They were angry. I mean, forget about the fact that they aren't drinking and drugging anymore. They left the church. Forget about the fact that they aren't cheating, stealing, and, and, and swearing anymore. They've abandoned the traditions. It has to stop, they said. You know, when I was 15, my parents still hadn't become Christians. And I worked as a busboy at a local restaurant and was occasionally off on Fridays, which was a great thing for me because Friday night was youth night at the church that I attended. So, you know, in the evening, I'd hop on my Kawasaki KX and head to church. More than once, while I was sitting there in the youth group absorbing the teaching, someone would tap my shoulder and tell me that my parents were outside and needed to see me. I'd go out to find them with my work uniform on a hanger, saying that my boss had called and needed me to go in. So get changed and get going. Everybody say, oh. See, my parents didn't want me there. They raised me different. That wasn't the family church. That wasn't the true religion. My parents were unaware, but there was something sinister behind their animosity. See, Satan hates for people to believe in Jesus and become more like Jesus. So he instigates persecution. Look what happens in our story about Paul. Verse 5, But the Jews who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace, and gathering a mob, set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Jason has harbored them, and these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying, there is another king, Jesus. And they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. Everybody say, wow. So these guys who were so angry that some from among them had joined Paul and Silas, they were so angry that they hired some bandidos to create an uproar and blame Paul and Silas. The mob went to the house where Paul and his team were staying and teaching. The mob went over there and they demanded that the host, Jason, give them up. As Jason opened his home, Paul, Silas, and Timothy were staying there. They were teaching there. And now that these bandidos come and demand that Jason give these guys up. Well, when Jason didn't produce Paul and Silas, they weren't there. The mob raided his house, pulled everyone at the Bible study out, and drugged them to the magistrates or to the city judges. And these, this mob wanted to ignite an immediate reaction from the judges. They wanted to get the, the, the most ruthless sentence for Paul and Silas. So they accused Paul and Silas of two things. Everybody said, what? Two things. 
These men who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Meaning they're destabilizing the world. Here's the second thing they were accused of. They support a rival king instead of the emperor. You guys got it? Now, those were the same crimes committed by this guy. Everybody say his name. Spartacus. Some of you might know who Spartacus is. Others might not. Spartacus was a gladiator who escaped from a training area with 70 fellow gladiators. He amassed a 100,000-man army and led a political insurrection against Rome that almost turned Rome on its head, upside down. You guys got it? So, not only that, of course, that's what he did. So obviously, the judges were troubled when they heard these accusations. Now just think. Look at your neighbor and say, just think. Just think about this. When we wield the sword of God's Word, we are as threatening to the devil and his kingdom as Spartacus was to the Roman Empire. Wow. Now some of you just, huh? You're going to get it. When we wield the sword of God's Word, we are as threatening to the devil and his kingdom as Spartacus was to the Roman Empire. Here's the last verse. I know you were waiting for it. Here it is. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. Read it with me. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Just like Jesus during His temptation, what did Jesus do? Jesus spoke the Word of God and Satan ran like a scalded dog. (laughs) Isn't that awesome, guys? So, share God's Word. Preach it. Teach it. Quote it. And make hell tremble. Now, in Paul's audience, as he laid out God's Word about Jesus Christ, there were some who were convinced. They believed. That might be you. Maybe other times you had rejected, denied the message. But today, you realize there's more to Jesus than a religion. More to Jesus than just a emotion. There's more to this faith. And you're saying, I now want to make a decision for Jesus Christ. The best decision you could ever make. Because Jesus Christ truly is the one true and living God. So let's pray all out together. Father, I know I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. I repent for my sin and I turn to you. Wash me clean. Make me new. I commit myself to you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're so glad that you joined us today for The Simple Truth, a ministry of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. 
Pastor Dion Cordova has been sharing from the book of Acts, a book that gives us an insider's peek into the first 30 years of the church. From persecution to miracles, this book truly has it all. What an inspiring narrative, watching how disciples like Peter go from denying Jesus to losing his life for Jesus. Luke, the writer of Acts, gives us a perspective that emphasizes life change. He writes, And every day the Lord added to them those who were being saved. Jesus didn't just come to change the system. He came to change people. If what you heard today has impacted you, we would love to hear about it and pray for you too. You're more than welcome to give us a call at 505-753-4363. Again, 505-753-4363. We'd like to encourage you to get involved in a local church as well. This will be a place that you can ask questions, learn more about Jesus, and find support as you grow in your faith. Are you in the Española area? If so, we would love for you to come visit us at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. We meet on Sundays and Wednesdays for a time of worship, Bible study, and fellowship. You can find out more and get directions to the church by visiting tmcalvary.com. That's tmcalvary.com. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but we want to thank you for tuning in. We hope you'll join us again next time for more from the book of Acts right here on The Simple Truth. In the deeds we sow, let us join our hands and together we stand. Together.